Judge McCree's doing these days. In the new year, in fact. He's not judging, I know that. Welcome back. Happy no, New Year, not. everybody. Happy, new, Happy year. new Year, Charlie and Bob. Bob and Karen are here with me, Charlie Duff. No bullshit news, part of the Red Shovel Studios network. Um, was debating how, how we get into this today, but we just might as well do the national news. It's uh, We're entering week three in the federal government partial shutdown, whatever that means, which means about 400,000 people aren't getting paid and 400,000 people are waiting for a check, and all of that. Parks aren't being cleaned. Uh, National parks are not being uh, partially attended to. That's the disgusting thing. You've seen pictures of the overflowing garbage and sewage at national parks, and you're like, wow. And you know how it is uh, at the airport with your TSA agent. I mean, that's not the greatest job in the world. and uh, Even worse, not getting paid for it. Fucking pay them. What's it all got to do with? It's got to do with... The border wall. Are we getting a border wall? Are we not getting a border wall? Trump seemed to forget about the border wall until conservative pundits started criticizing him for it. Is that about correct? I think that's about accurate, Charlie. As, as a guy that refuses to have cable television, that's about what I ascertain. It's not our first. But, so we might as well get into that. Uh, Bob and I, Karen, uh, know a little something about the border. I covered it for years mm-hmm. for the New York Times. I've actually crossed the border. Bob and I did a lot of stories down there. And... Um, we have a special guest, a Pancho Ortiz, who is the baddest motherfucker on the border. He uh, covers the cartels, crime, immigration for Breitbart. Sees it all. He, uh, that guy is uh, money. So uh, we're just going to play a little bit, uh, just a primer of what Bob and I were doing just two years ago. And then we're going to invite Pancho on to talk about the feasibility of this wall. I will build... The greatest wall. And it's going to be a serious wall. A big, beautiful, powerful wall. And nobody builds walls better than me, believe me. A gigantic 2,000-mile wall along the Mexican border. The cost? $80 billion by some estimates. If the Great Wall of China didn't work, how will this one? The first thing you notice is the border wall isn't on the border at all. Not in Texas. Because of treaties and flooding, they had to build a wall miles off the natural border, the Rio Grande River, which stretches 1,200 miles. Border Patrol says a wall can be useful for funneling smugglers away from city centers. But you can still go around it, or over it, or under it. So we got the same problem we had two years ago when it was all over the news. Yeah. Same number of people. Exactly. You've done nothing. Nothing, not at all. Except talk about a wall. Yeah, talk about a wall, talk about sending them home, um, talk about enforcing the law. Uh, Unfortunately, none of it's been done. Studies show illegal immigration is a net loss to the United States. And it's not just women and children. The border's so out of control, we found two dudes hiding in the trees. There's two right here. You know when a couple of reporters from Detroit can catch guys in flip-flops sneaking in 
you know we got a problem. Well, take a look at this. Two suspected drug smugglers from Mexico showing just how easy it is to hop the border into the U.S. when they think that someone spots them. We are running a huge deficit. Where do we get the money for the wall? Look, we, it'll cost us more not to secure our border. It'll cost us more not to enforce our, our laws than to continue to allow people to come to this country illegally. We need to do it not only because it's the right thing to do, but also for national security reasons as well. Are you where do we get... But where do we get the money? Where indeed? Orle, Pancho. Hello. Me oyes? I can hear you, yes. Que tal, amigo? Good, good. How you doing? Real good, dude. Um, what's going on down there? What's going on? Is this? Let's just go like this. Will the, what's what's the wall supposed to do? Well. Um, it's, we, well, the area where I'm at right now, it's McAllen, Texas, and just south of us is, uh, Reynosa. And right now there is a fence of sorts along this area. And what that has actually done, it's actually, it has funneled the, some of the drug smuggling to certain other corridors, pushed them out west. But the problem that we're having down here is something that it's not necessarily can be fixed with a wall. See, one cannot talk about border issues without talking about drug cartels. And um, you see, they are the ones that control human smuggling, drug trafficking, arms running. Everything goes through the cartels. They're actually the ones that actually have the real control of the border, uh, the, the cartels in Mexico. So the problem that we're having here is that, for example, in in uh, in on the Gulf side of uh, on the Gulf side of Mexico. The Gulf Cartel has moved more towards human smuggling. And what they're doing is they've actually found a way to rig the system. They are actually bringing people from Central America and other countries other than Mexico. Uh, they get them over the river, and as soon as they're over the river, the people, uh, they look for Border Patrol and they say, I'm here, I request asylum. And basically they've turned Border Patrol agents into a taxi service. They take them to a detention center. They process them, and then they're being released. And that is a way that the Gulf Cartel has actually outsmarted our immigration system, and they are making a lot of money out of that. And, for example, the fencing that is in place here, where the you know it would be reinforced and, and turned into a wall, it's actually on the U.S. side, north of the river. So that's something that it wouldn't necessarily help in this particular area. In fact, it seems to me let, let's, it would help the cartels in the sense of this, because there is a treaty with Mexico and you can't build on the river and there are construction concerns about a floodplain washing a wall away, that what I noticed there in the Rio Grande sector is when they built the wall and that wall was voted for in 2006 by Bernie Sanders, Senator Barack Obama, Senator Hillary Clinton as well, which is what Trump's looking for. What they did was they built it in U.S. territory, right? Look, mile up, half a mile up, two miles up. Therefore, walling off a part of the United States itself, giving it a sort of a no man's land feel. And what you're saying is if somebody seeking asylum simply touches that no man's land soil, they're in. That is correct. So the, in, so in the this wall doesn't help. Case, in this particular case, it doesn't. I mean, it may help in other areas. 
uh, further out west, say Laredo, where there's literally nothing out there, and Los Cetas, which is Mexico's most dangerous cartel, are having a field day. But on this side of the area, there is it, it has no effect at all. Uh, just because the Gulf has found a way to game the system and they're making a lot more money right now from human smuggling than they do from drug trafficking. So they figured out the law, is what you're saying. Yes. So, I'm sorry, Pancho, what are the border issues? I mean, you said early on, you know, the the wall originally was to help address some of the border issues. But what are the definitive border issues? I mean, because I would assume that, you know, the average person listening would be like, you know, what exactly is is the issue? Is it uh, illegal immigration? Is it drug and now human trafficking? What are those issues? Well, um, it's a very complex uh, sphere, but basically we're talking about Yes, drug trafficking is a big issue. Uh, human smuggling, which has become a, a big money maker, the uh, international theft of fuel, um, and uh, arms smuggling as well, uh, and uh, cash smuggling. And um, but the problem is that just south of us, for in Reynosa, Nuevo Laredo, and, other, and those cities, uh, the cartels have, have actually gone to war on each other. They're fighting for territories and routes. So there's that violence over there that at times has actually trickled over here as well. So it, it's a very complex issue, but one of the things that, that um, you know, people in D.C. and other places, they, they don't really like to address is that the cartels, I mean, yes, there are a bunch of guys with guns and they're scary, but the real power comes from their political influence that they have in Mexico and with politicians and, 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 uh, and money. So, you know, they can talk about walls, they can talk about... Uh, all these other enforcement issues, but they haven't really addressed uh, the legal loopholes that, that these criminal organizations use to benefit uh, and make a big profit. Uh, you know, so that that's, you know, one of the issues here is that until the loopholes that these cartels are basically making a profit of, they're, 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 they find a way to gain the system, and that has not been addressed by either the left or the right. And they, they're using that to their advantage right now. Well, let's talk sense. Number one, most of the narcotics, I'm not talking weed, I'm talking narcotics, uh, cocaine, heroin, meth, uh, fentanyl. That doesn't come by mule, does it? That comes... Legal ports of entry. That comes through legal ports of entry. Trucks underneath frozen meat, that kind of stuff, right? You're correct. That's right. Uh, uh, the hard drugs, they come through the international bridges. Uh, that's why, for example, if you look at where the violence takes place in most in in Mexico, you're going to hear cities like Juarez, Tijuana, Laredo, Reynosa, and and those cities in Mexico are where you have the international bridges where uh, all the trucks cross through, thousands of trucks a day, thousands of vehicles a day cross through, and um, our CBP officers are only able to check a small percentage of the vehicles across each day. So these guys are able to game the system that way as well. Plus the payment. You're listening to the El Chapo trial and both uh, outgoing President Nieto and uh, the new president, uh, Obrador. Uh, it's been linked that possibly they've taken cash payments from the cartels. You've heard that, right? Yes. And actually, you know, for the people in Mexico, that's not news. That's something that people in Mexico <laughs> have known all along. The real power of the cartels comes from Mexican politicians. Uh, you know, uh, 
everybody in Mexico has associated Mexican federales with cartels and drug smugglers. I'm talking back in the 80s and 70s. So this comes to this may come as news to people in the U.S., but for people on the border and people in Mexico, this is something that they've known all along, which is kind of scary because uh, apparently politicians in the U.S. don't seem to realize, you know, that we have uh, all this money being sent to like the Merida Initiative and all these other uh, initiatives to help Mexico fight corruption, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, nothing has really changed. I mean, what did you uh, just say? You know, what did you just say? Nothing has really changed. And the violence continues. Is a wall going to fix that? That's what we need to know. You know, we're up here we, in Detroit. We, there's not a lot of money, man. So we're trying to earmark money for, let, let's put it this way. Well, and a lot of people who live in this area don't know what it looks like on the border. So they hear about a wall. They're like, yeah, that's a good idea. Or, you know, no. I mean, not. we've been to the border. Yes. But a lot of people haven't to see what it's like. Yeah. Well, look at it this I way, mean, Pancho. The United States with Canada has a treaty. If a foreign national comes to a port of entry, right? Uh, let's, say, let's say a Haitian has entered the United States illegally first and then goes to Canada. Canada apprehends them. The United States is required to take them back. We have no such agreement with the Mexicans. So substitute the Haitian for the Guatemalan. So, so at the border, when Border Patrol, ICE, apprehends a Mexican national, Mexico must take them back. But they don't take the Central Americans that originated from their territory. Why is that not being done, in your opinion? Well, that's something that has been discussed, and they're trying to bring, to bring that up now. Doesn't that make more sense especially, than a wall? Isn't that easier to do? The, well, especially with the caravans, and, and here, here's the funny part. Yes. So. We just had the caravan issue recently, uh, just la a couple months ago, a couple of weeks ago. We had this thousands of people coming from, from Honduras, coming to into Mexico and trying to make their way to California. Now, we're talking about five, 6,000 people, and it became worldwide news. Well, what people don't realize is that uh, right here in McAllen, we, you know, people uh, under similar conditions, but coming from the Gulf Cartel, they were getting about a thousand of those people a day. So in about a week, you were getting the same amount of people that you would get from that whole caravan that made their way to, to California, uh, which goes back to how the, the Gulf Cartel was gaming that system. Now, the interesting part of the caravan is that they made their way all the way to California because it was safer. What they didn't really want to say was that they didn't want to have to come through Gulf Cartel territory or to Los Zetas, Wow. where they would have to pay the cartel to... But in reality, had they paid the cartel, they would already have been in the U.S., in what way? Like, how would the cartel... If Look, that's like a gigantic spotted giraffe wandering through the desert. How is it they're going to get here if they pay the cartel? How's the cartel get them here? Well, just the the, the way the territory is set up, over there in California, you have a fence, and they cannot cross that fence or that wall, you know, to get to California. There's no river they can cross. Over here... There's a fence in a, uh, right here in McAllen, but, or south of McAllen, but then there's uh, U.S. territory, and then there's the river, which is the actual border. So does the cartel help with transporting them over that river? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Anything that crosses that river is controlled by the Gulf Cartel. Tell, tell, them, tell, them, tell them how they do it. Like, what is it, Anzandulis Park? Is that the name of the Yes, park? so there's this little park in, 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 uh, just south of us in, McAllen, in Mission. It's called Anzandulis Park. 
And there you have uh, the Mexican side of the river. Then you have the, uh, like a uh, like a little lagoon created by the river. And then you have the U.S. side of the river. And you have this nice park, a nice county park where you can uh, barbecue and, and bring your family and everything. But on the Mexican side, the Gulf Coast has jet skis. And they use those jet skis to ferry people day in and day out jet skis. nonstop. Wow. Jet skis. Jet skis. And that. And actually, these people, since they fall in that loophole that's being used by the cartels, uh, all they have to do is, as soon as they get dropped off on the U.S. side, they wait for Border Patrol to pick them up, and they get taken to the center, processed, and then they come out with what they believe is called a permiso. And that's what they're told. It's their, their notice to appear in court. But the uh, cartels tell them that it's a permit for them to stay. And that is how they market it. Like, you come with us. You're gonna cost. It's gonna cost you and your relatives this much, and you're gonna to get to the U.S. with a permit. How much does that cost, uh, Pancho? What's a what's a U.S. dollar figure associated with that transport? It's several thousand dollars, depending on what country they're from, and where they get them. So, for example, if for the Gulf Cartel in Reynosa itself, it's about five to seven hundred dollars just across the river for the jet ski but trip. Depending, wow. yes. And depending on where you're, where you start the journey with the human smugglers, it adds more money, you know, up to several thousands, tens, tens of thousands of dollars if you're all the way back in Central America. Now, these people are indebted to the criminal organization. And some, many of them have relatives in, say, Chicago, New York, that are, they have to pay every step of the journey, or the person themselves is indebted to once they get to the U.S. What this criminal, was the cartels don't tell the people is that every, uh, a lot of times, um, many of the women that go through that journey are going to be sexually abused along the way. Uh, the men sometimes are forced to smuggle drugs for the cartel as well. So if you have to, t- uh, you know, m- go from uh, point A to point B on your journey to the river, well, m- sometimes you're going to be forced to carry a backpack full of drugs, or the woman will be... Uh, sexually abused along the way until they get them to their destination. Those are the horrors that are rarely talked about uh, as far as the, the, the way the current immigration system is set up, uh, where, you know, by our politicians, by not doing anything, uh, by not doing anything, I'm talking about addressing the, basically coming to a real uh, immigration reform or system to fix everything. It just can perpetuate this cycle of, of abuse that these people have to go through. But the U.S. is making money off of this. I mean, the, n- nobody's interested in eradicating the, 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 the drug issue here uh, in the United States. Cheap food is nice. I, I mean, yeah. I mean, the whole thing. So on one hand, we're saying we're trying to address this problem. On the other hand, we're benefiting as a country from it. Turning a blind eye and- to it. Cheap labor. I mean, you know, I mean, everybody talks about it, but you've got, you know, gardeners and people that do construction. But studies do show, studies do show that the less educated you are, the Mm -hmm. more of a cost on the public coffer you become over your life. Unless you're not on the public coffer. Everybody that lives in a society needs to use the public coffer. Oh, they're using roads, but they're not, like, getting... Yeah, but I'm saying, what if you're under healthcare, that... Healthcare. Healthcare. Yeah, you go to the emergency room, oh. or, you know, if you need if you need 
you know, you can get food stamps, you know, I mean. But there, but, but there are people here that are off that radar, Charlie. I mean, we, we had some, some yeah, I mean, we had some people that were, you know, the, a company and the guy said, well, certain neighborhoods we don't like to work in because the neighbors will call, you know, ice on us. I understand. The, this so, is the no bullshit news hour, yeah. Poncho. So we got to lay it all out there. This is just, like you said, it's a big, difficult problem. Like I'm, I support the blue card, which is not the green card, which is. Agricultural workers, if you have a blue card, you're allowed to work on farms, which people have done for generations and yet are undocumented, can't get back and forth. That's a good place to start. That's a million people right there that we all want, that we like. We all need. Yeah, well, you know, not only that, they're cool people. Their kids are, you know, adults themselves. You know, there's some place we can start. Build a population here in Detroit. Well, here's 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 a, my two cents to that. Go ahead. <clears throat> here's a, here's a, 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 we can get the politicians on both sides of the aisle to come together and make it easier for good people to come across legally without going through this cycle of abuse, while at the same time making it extremely difficult for cartels to operate and actually holding Mexican politicians accountable for. Profiting from El Chapo and all these guys, mm-hmm. that may actually be a, a you know may put a dent into all this. But at, at the same time, it needs for both sides of the aisle to come together and find a way to make it all work. Well, that seems a whole lot better, man. You know what I mean? Some uh, international diplomacy and ass kicking than it would be to separate children from their mothers and starve out postal workers. You know, to me, that's that's not the way to go about it. It's way too difficult. Punch. I agree. Yeah. I left you dumb. You left him speechless, Charlie. I left Charlie. you speechless, Poncho. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, like I said, like, uh, you know, uh, we've heard a lot of things from politicians on both sides. And the one thing that I have not heard anybody address is that, like, look, my, my biggest beef in, in this whole fight has always been the drug cartels in Mexico. Why? Because they commit this horrible acts of terror. I, I mean, you can label them as terrorists. Uh, you Dude, can, they, uh, they, they roast people's bodies in bread ovens. Yep. Yeah, that, that was uh, that was something that they, uh, in one town in, in northern Coahuila, they roasted about 300 people from one town alone in, in, in just ovens. one. Uh, so these guys are, are they, they commit horrible atrocities and uh, are, you know, uh, Mexico has allowed them. They, they, Mexico has allowed them to continue to operate while claiming to be fighting them. They really haven't. And the U.S. has pretty much uh, does not really addressed them. I mean, I remember I've been to many court cases where our Department of Justice will call them uh, transnational groups because they don't want to say the word cartel. <laughs> uh, and these guys are the ones that are actually controlling who comes in and out of the country. Uh, you know, uh, they're the ones that abuse this... Uh, there's immigrants, there's children and mothers. They're the ones that abuse them all along the way till they get them to the U.S. They're the ones that, you know, uh, there's several cases of extreme violence. I'm talking about executions in Dallas, uh, beheadings in San Antonio, uh, people being kidnapped out of their homes in Mission and taken to Mexico. Uh, on some of these cases, you're talking about people that have been innocent. You know, they're taking the wrong person. And 
It's yeah. all these cartels that, that continue to operate. and they, Kid, They're uh, kidnapping people on the highways of Arizona thinking they could be ransomed when they're American citizens. I remember mm-hmm. that. Well, dude, that's, the, that's no bullshit right there. That's no bullshit. Hey, Poncho, listen, how big are you, man? 290 or 300 pounds? Um, 290 and about 6'4". a power lifter? Yes. Uh, look, man, you're doing like some dangerous ass work. You, you there's n- impossible for you to hide behind a tree because you're bigger than one. So he sounds so gentle, though. Oh, so. he's oh, this dude is uh, <laughs> great man doing it. Woo. He'll wear leather in the middle of summer too. He's insane, this guy. Listen, man, um, we're gonna be in touch with you throughout the year, uh, throughout this thing. All right, and I, I want you to look out for yourself. I really do. Thank you. Thanks. God's I appreciate word. it. All right. Thanks for being on, brother. Thank you, Pancho. Take care. Thank you. muchacho. Yeah, man. Pancho is... He sounded like he would maybe be my size. Oh, he's the baddest Such mother. A gentle... He's the baddest motherfucker. Huh? Usually the quiet ones are. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> it's... Excuse me. I got the kid's voice. You know, I got a kid in middle school, so you get that. But <laughs> um, on the border, most people have been instructed not to cross over on the American side. The cartels have directors of communications. You have to clear stories with these guys. Poncho jumps back and forth. He's his own guy. You can you can tell what he does. And uh, yeah, I got a lot of respect for him. A lot of respect. He knows his stuff. He does. He does. So let me uh, let me take care of some business here. You know, I'm gonna I'm listening to Bob over there. So it's two things at once. Focus, but, Charlie. Focus. Yeah, I'm gonna focus. Uh, you know, a friend of the show, sponsor Zany Law with offices in Lansing, Detroit, and Grand Rapids, specializing in criminal defense, civil rights litigation, and personal injury. Um, if you need to get a hold of Ed Zany, you call this line and make an appointment, 517-292-7000. 517-292-7000. When things get zany, you call Ed Zany. I knew you were going to say that. Zany Law. I just re- <laughs> Who thought of that? Somebody called me today. I just referred somebody to you. Zany. Huh. Oh, okay. and Luke Nowacki, man, I'm starting to fall in love with this guy. He's a um, good guy. Oh, so let me just say, you know, American Coney Island, another sponsor. Go to AmericanConeyIsland.com. Go Grace Carols. Grace Carols. We shipped Yummy. 500 Coney kits the last weekend before Christmas. Only one blew up huh? from the dry ice. <laughs> you know, it's pressure. Um, the woman emailed, said she was going to complain and tell me. I, I, I heard, madam... Um, was refunded a new one was sent we're sorry about the dry ice debacle but uh one out of 500 is not too bad that's statistically hey, people want their conies they that's serious you know that, that could have been christmas dinner and then <laughs> you know it's all blown up now it was a big success so you know grace uh, at american coney uh luke and myself we treated to anybody that wears a badge or wore a badge in their family to christmas lunch and uh it was really successful it was beautiful. It was nice. And I woke up because it kind of went viral. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to go broke. Are you going to have enough hot dogs? It's going to cost $20,000. But you know what? People with the badge appreciated the gesture, did not break the bank. Hold on here. That's uh... it's not mine. I turned my ringer off. Yeah. That's the Crime Town, guys. Oh. Great show, by the way. They are doing a great so anyways, job. it was a big success. We had people in from New York. They came from Minnesota. That's great, Charlie. Respect to people uh, uh, with the badge. And uh, Luke Nowak, we got a new copy here. This is great. Listen to this one. 
Maybe you're a big-time city official who can travel with your entourage on the city's dime. And your birthday, your hat is magically packed with C notes. Or maybe you played high school football with someone connected and can get lucrative contracts to haul and dump sludge, then get lucrative contracts to clean up the disaster you just created. If you're not among the elite who can make your pockets fat off the taxpayer's back with no shame in your game, then there's a good chance that you're going to provide uh, for your own retirement and theirs. If you have questions regarding whether you're on the right track, call Luke Nowacki at 248-663-4748, 248-663-4748. Grow your assets. Your politicians are depending on you for the additional tax revenue. Those navigators don't lease themselves. Oh, Luke, Luke, that was awesome. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., member of FINRASIPC. Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., separately owned than other entities and or marketing names, products, or services referenced here are independent of Royal Alliance's, Inc. Did he write that himself? I think he and Jason did. Oh, boy. I I really appreciate it. That was very stylish. He's he's coming around to what we're doing here. No bullshit news hour. Which, um... How about I can just make your money grow? <laughs> <laughs> that was way better. That's what everybody says, but see, Luke's... Luke hooked, is Luke. He's hooked into the zeitgeist. You know, he's, right. he's the everyman. He's willing to come out of his pocket, and... Mm-hmm. I mean, he really has respect for first responders, which we all do, you know, and I mean, like in the bankruptcy, we've been... That's one of the themes of, of this town is they really got taken from. They did. And are we seeing results, which leads us to... Our next guest. Are you there, Dave? I mean, Deputy Chief? Yeah, I'm here, Charlie. Deputy Chief Dave Lavalley of the Detroit Police Department. Who? What is your, um, are, are you in charge of the data? What is your? Uh, yeah, so I'm, yep, I'm the assistant chief. I oversee all the uh, precinct operations, the detective bureau, crime intelligence. Oh, so uh, you're now. the man. Um, no, I'm the assistant chief. <laughs> so you got a promotion recently. Yes, sir. Wow. All right. Congratulations. All right. Uh, Thank you. AC, that's what, what we say in the business, AC. You don't call him chief, right? You don't call him, you say AC. So AC, crime numbers are out, right? Yeah. Go ahead. You start. Crime's down. Is it really? Am I supposed uh, to believe that? Yes. Yes, it is. Well, uh, you know, we look at this year versus last year and the year before, and uh, the number of crimes are down. Um, we look at homicides. We ended last year at 261. Uh, the year before was 267. Uh, 261 is not where we want to be. Uh, it's too many, uh, way too many, but it is lower than it was a year before. So uh, to answer the question, crime is down. So let's, let's uh, start. Not where we want it to be, though. We're not, uh, you know, we're not uh, waving a flag of success and saying that uh, we're done, mission accomplished, or anything like that. And, AC, uh, what are the factors that uh, are attributed to this decline? Why? In homicide. And, Homicide. Well, two two areas that are important is homicide and non-fatal shootings because you know a non-fatal shooting is somebody was shot that just happened to not die. Um, and so one of our big uh, programs that we're heavily involved in is Ceasefire Detroit. Uh, we've been very heavily involved into it for the last two years. It's actually been in Detroit for about the last four years. Uh, and over those two years, we've seen uh, reductions in the homicide numbers and non-fatal shooting numbers. Um, non-fatal shootings this past year are 85 fewer than they were the year before, uh, which was 115 fewer than the year before that. 
So those are pretty steep reductions in the number of people that are being shot in Detroit. Uh, and we attribute that to a lot in large part to our work with ceasefire. Um, what's the premise of ceasefire? I mean, I remember when it was started, but what's the premise of ceasefire? Right. So ceasefire is a, a, a partnership between the police department, uh, other law enforcement agencies, uh, community agencies, faith-based groups, uh, where we identify uh, gang and group members and we engage them in conversation uh, about their lifestyle and we offer them alternative options um, to turn their lives around and to not engage in gun violence. Uh, and then we also make a promise there that if they do engage in gun violence, that them and all the members of their group uh, will receive the full attention of the law enforcement community. Well, let so me we do have- this. Let me do this. So it's yeah. according to this packet. By the way, next time you have a statistical press conference, can I get notified before yeah. a half hour before the press conference? Because I will come yeah. over with the real question. So according to the packet I got today. Ceasefire statistics from last year is of all the gangbangers and stuff, 15 of them got jobs, 21 of them got some transportation services, 12 of them went to counseling. Is, is that really why murder's down? <laughs> or could it also be there's a lot of federal help, FBI, ATF, U.S. Attorney's Office? Basically what I'm saying is... Fewer people. The less people. But the more... Law enforcement you have trying to get the streets in order, the, the better these numbers are going to get, like you're, you're telling us, right? Right. Yeah, it's a, it's a layered, uh, multi-pronged approach. And so that social services aspect of it is just one piece of it. But, yes, definitely what you said, the law enforcement community all coming together, uh, working collaboratively, uh, is a big part of it. We have great partnerships with, uh, with prosecutors, with the U.S. Attorney's Office, uh, with the FBI, ATF. Homeland Security, uh, they're all engaged, the U.S. Marshal Service. Uh, so we do this every day. We meet uh, the leadership at all those eight organizations meets weekly. We go over all of the uh, gun cases, the gun crimes, uh, and figure out where the best place to prosecute, who the best agency to handle the cases. So, yeah, um, certainly those partnerships are uh, a major contributing factor to that as well. Oh uh, yeah, we should do that. They're going to get mad at you. Now, let, let's 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 get that. Let's burrow down into this because I don't believe it, and you know that. So you and I have a long time relationship. You know I respect you. I know your hands in a pile of shit, and you got to make it better. That's your job. Like less money, budget cuts, less cops, make it better. So let me let me now get into it. I'm seeing a two percent reduction in violent crime from last year. Yep. Right. 13,500 violent crimes last year, which are homicide, rape, robbery, and aggravated assault. The previous year, it was 13,800. Okay. According to this list you gave out, in 2016, it was 14,500. So we went from 14,500 to 13,800 to 13,5. Congratulations. That's good. But I went to the press conference a year before. I wrote it down, and I went through all the FBI reports and, and the Detroit police reports. Last year, you reported that in 2016, it was 13,700, not 14,500. And then the year before, 13,500. And this year, you're now 
for 2015, you're reporting 15,000. And in 14, you reported 13,600. And this year, you're now saying 14 was 15,500. My point is, every year, I look back at the last year's stuff that you reported, and that number keeps going up. So if your crime from the past keeps going up, of course it's going to fall every year. But if you look at what you told me last year about 2014, that was 13,600. And this year you're basing it off of 15,600. How can I believe crime numbers? What's the number? What's the n- Your numbers don't match your numbers. Oh, no, that number from last year, that 13,796, that's, yes. that's the crime number. And that's exactly what we reported yes. to the state of Michigan and to the UCR, yes. to the FBI. What about 16? Right. In 16, I believe what you had in 16 has aggravated assaults as incidents and not victims. So when you look at the bottom of what I gave you this year, it's got the uh, the incident count for aggravated assaults. Mm-hmm. Uh, so but the UCR you, counts them as victims, so we put them as victims here. So uh, you so changed the methodology. Well, we're comparing vic- if it's going to be yes. a line of victims, it should be victims. It for should all be three victims, years. not offenses. But you and I got in an argument last year when I said you're telling people it's offenses and not victims. And then you and Dave, the statistician and the chief, said, well, the incidents are 12,800 and the victims were 13,700. In fact, the chief at a barricaded uh, gunman or knife wielding guy held a press conference calling the FBI out. Now, they keep... Well, that was, that was for something else, Charlie, but okay. No, it was for these numbers. Right, but it was for a different reason that he was calling them out. So he was calling them out because the year before, when he took credit for 11,800 crimes, and then you guys changed them a little bit later to 13,500 crimes, he didn't want to take the raise in the, in the rate of violent crime. So he said, oh, the, that's, go that's ahead. what he was calling them out about. Explain it. What was he calling them out about? He was calling them out because a few years ago when we were, we've discussed this before, but when we had our a previous record management system that was pre-bankruptcy, it was something that was horribly antiquated that we couldn't report the, the crimes through that system to the FBI, we contacted them and tried to report more crimes, thousands more crimes, and they wouldn't accept it. Yes. That was what he was calling them out about, is the fact that they published the UCR that year knowing that the information was bad. And we, myself personally, had conversations with them and tried to report thousands more crimes than they were going to publish in their report, and their answer was, it's too late. We're putting it out the way it is. Right. So that, that was what he was calling them out about. Yeah, but not- he, was, he was calling them out because there was that. And then the next year, right, now we're talking about that was 15. But he's talking in 17 about 16's numbers saying they've double counted him again. I remember, I, I can read you the story, but every year we keep bitching and arguing about what let, they can this, at this year's press conference, nobody met, mentioned that the methodology changed, nor did anybody ask. So it can't be a uniform crime report. That's what it, I mean, it's on, it's on this report. This is what we gave out, that that, that is victim, that aggravated assaults are victims, and at the bottom it's incident-based aggravated assault. Okay, so... We provided both, both numbers. 
So in 2014, FBI reported 13,600 victims. That's what you reported to them, right? So the the true number now. So we had a spike in crime in the past when you guys were claiming it was tumbling at 11 and 12%. My, My point is we're doing very little different than we were four years ago. Is that right, Assistant Chief? No, that's not that's not true. It's not true. Not at all. It's not true. I don't think that's not true at all. When you look at four years ago compared to today, there's a, a significant difference. Well, which which you look at which stuff am I looking at? The stuff you gave me last year, the year before, this year. How can I report to my my listeners? Look at, right. Look it's at no bullshit robber- news. The number of robberies four years ago to to let this past year. Well, which, whatever, whichever sheet you have, you want to look at, but I'm telling you, that oh, I saved them all. I saved yeah. them all. See, I, I'm, I'm dumbfounded. Well, I'm, I'm just an outsider looking in, and the thing that keeps going through my head is, why does the number keep changing? Shouldn't it be this year happened and it's 12 months and it was X amount of numbers? Like, why would it change? No, uh, well, so it changes because the crimes that are being reported are still being investigated. So there is. Well, that'd be a handful. Thousands? That's to stop it from happening. No, when we put these out on January 1st, we we indicate that this is preliminary information. And so a crime that occurs, say, in the month of December, those are assigned to detectives or offense reports that are filed, and they're still investigating these cases. And if they determine through their investigation that either an additional crime was committed or that the crime wasn't coded properly when the first responding officers did it, then they make adjustments to the reports. And so the state of Michigan has a cutoff for us to report crime to them, which is mid-March right. for the previous year. That's the law. And then, and then they report it to the FBI. So it wasn't the FBI's fault that your numbers were 2,000 off. That was the police department's fault. Yes. That was the fault of our record management system. Absolutely. Which so we what were. happened then, if that's the fault of the record management system, what happened to those 2,000 cases of violent crime that did not go reported? Did you, in fact, not have a special squad up there to go over those and dispose of them? No, absolutely not. They were assigned to detectives. They were worked. After the, uh, a year later? Off. Am I sure? I'm positive. No, a year later, detectives are assigned to violent crime cases. No, they were assigned when the reports were filed. But the reports never went filed. That's what we're no, talking the about. Reports were filed. The reports were filed at the Detroit Police Department. And we assigned the report to an investigator who worked the case, um, just like we would any other case. All cases that come in, they get assigned to detectives, and then those cases are worked. So and they, then they can get assigned the, and not counted. No, I, I, I think what you're saying is, oh, they got they got investigated. We just lost them. We didn't count them. No, we didn't. And that that's not that's not what I'm saying at all. Go ahead. We, we reported a number different, much higher than what. The FBI reported as our crime. Yes, in 2000, whatever it was, 14, 15. 16 and a half. We report crime. We reported crime that was higher. We told you we had, I, I don't know which number you're looking at, but let's just say it was, the FBI said there were 10,000. We said, no, there were 12,000. Well, no, let me make this clear for the, for the audience. You first reported 11,800. Okay. Then six months later, you reported to the uh Board of Police Commissioners, 13,100. Then six months after that, you reported 13,000, 
560. And now, this year, 15's numbers, it's now 15,400. So it went from 11,800 to 15,400. You see my... Cons- see, I'm not, no, I'm not, not a dope. You're not listening, though, Charlie. I'm you're listening not, now. Go ahead. Not, We're all listening. You're not listening to what I'm saying. So what you just read off right there, you didn't, you didn't say that the aggravated assaults that we reported this year for all the years back are, in, are victim-based. Back then, they were incident. So you're, com- you're comparing apples and oranges. So let's... Okay, first of all, stop let, let's that. stop right there. Not, not if you're a victim. Let me Wait. answer the last question. You didn't let me answer the last well, question. Let me make sure this is correct, though. We got breaking news here on the No Bullshit News Hour that the Detroit police is now listing them by victims as required by the Uniform Crime Reporting and not by incidents like they used to do, correct? Right. Methodology, methodology has changed. So we're, we're basically now at year zero, correct? New software, new methodology, correct? Okay. Okay. Okay, so now, we're, now we'll start to maybe believe the crime numbers because I, as a guy that studied numbers his whole life, I, I can't believe these, nor will I encourage people I speak to. to they can't change every year. It's just you can't believe it. You know that, Dave. Right. Yeah. That, I'm telling you, the number, the number you see right here on this. Today, this is it. it. This is the real one. Yeah, but this, the one that came out January 1st for 2018, it may change a little bit. Okay, a little bit. I'll give no, you it, that. It I get, no, there's that grace period. But last year, I got every swing and dick in law enforcement to stand up there, tell me how great things were going. And I said, these aren't even victim-based. And everybody ran me out of the room. I know, you were like the last one out of the room. What are you talking about? You and I walked out together. I know, but my feelings were hurt. (laughs) Okay, one more, dude. Um, I'm looking at uh, internal uh, data for... uh, Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry, I I didn't... You just talked about it. They didn't let me... You didn't let me finish the I apologize, please. About investigating cases, because all those cases that... All those reports that were made to us were assigned, they were investigated, and they were treated with all of the uh, same rigor that we would give any other case. But then on the, on the back end of our old record management system, this computer system electronically reported cases to the state of Michigan. They did nothing with them. They don't investigate the case. All they do is receive this electronic transmission. Uh, they noodle through it, and then they send it off to the FBI. Yes. That electronic transmission on our old system was bad, and that's what we were saying all along. So... A minute ago, we talked about, or somebody on there said that, you know, that these cases mysteriously disappeared, or I had some secret squad that uh, that got rid of these cases. That is not what happened. I don't think so you were there. I think you had gotten happened. moved out at that point. And, you know, I'm glad you're back again. But well, there, no, but I just, I mean, you there you was a, there was a squad to to go to through and find these things. There's no doubt about that. How else would you find them? In a shoebox? Of course oh, it was a squad. Been our management system all along. I know, but you, you, had, you had four guys and gals go look for them, right? No, 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 no. If I had, if we... Then how'd you find them? We go into our, our system on our end and say... Who did? Pull up all of the uh, aggravated assaults. It gives me a list of all the aggravated assaults. Yeah, but who did? You had a squad look into that, right? Yeah, okay, we had staff. Well, okay, I mean... It's not a secret squad to destroy cases like you're... No, to find the case. I didn't say that. 
You, I want you, I want you, when you listen to this, to rewind it. I never said it was a secret squad to destroy cases. Never. I respect, I respect police too much, and you. And you, sir. You know that. No way. No way. I'm just saying, we don't have what we need, and I can't buy this. But now we got it straight. New methodology. I'm assuming what you're telling me is you took all that crappy data from way back in the day and you put it through the new system and now all that old stuff can be believed too, right? You've run the data back 10 years now. No, that wasn't, you couldn't take the old stuff. So we still have to manually pull the numbers out of the old, which is why we report something higher than what is the UCR. If you go to UCR. Wait a minute, wait a minute though. So you, you went back to 14 and manually pulled all the numbers? 14, 15, and 16. It comes from... Did you? From, yes. What about 13? That was, uh, 13 also. Everything prior to uh, 17 and 18 is when we had our new record management system. So how, how far did you go back and fix the numbers? I didn't fix any numbers. Well, you know, I mean fix the data. Adjusted. Oh, okay. Adjust it because it's all screwed up. How far back have you gone? You use the word fix the numbers. But well, okay. you know, I know, fix it. Like I tell my daughter, adjust. hey, you, you, no, not adjust. That sounds weird. Oh, okay. Fix it. Like when my daughter gets her right. math yeah, homework I, wrong, fix it. Correct it. We corrected it. Correct it. Yes. There you go. Okay. All right. How far back? How far back? I'm doing something nefarious. And, you know, if we were going to be doing that, honestly, I mean, I guess this, this, this whole, the whole thing is for every police agency in the country, it's self-report. Right? Reports yep. come to us and we self-report them. On our system. So, but if I was going to make adjustments to, to make myself look great. Corrections. Do you think I come up with better than 2%? Uh, no, I think, I, think, I think, one, I'm believing no, these I, numbers. I've got no reason, AC, not to believe them. But they're more truthful and believable than, a, you know, 15% back in the day. And everybody knew the numbers were wrong. And yet... The, the brass is still out there parading it, knowing it was wrong. Right, and then there's areas that we went up, and we report we went up. I never yeah. heard. I never heard in this police administration it went up. Well, look, look at the carjackings last year. It went up three percent. Yeah, but those aren't even uh, in an FBI category. That's just well, part of yeah, robbery. Those are, robbery. Those are part of robbery. Just, they're just armed robberies, but you know, I mean, carjacking, yes or no? Fine. You know, okay. but you told me robberies, armed robberies, are down. They are. But carjackings themselves are up. Yeah, well, that's not good either. Okay, listen. Gonna, Here. If, I was gonna, if, I, if it was all great, then I wouldn't even put carjackings on there, would I? Mm, then I would be calling you up going, hey, what happened to carjackings? No, what are I you doing with carjackings? Would. I know you would. Okay, listen. So what else do you want to talk about? The average response time on, on uh, December 31st, New Year's Eve yeah. for a priority one. Yep. What is a priority one? Uh, priority one is uh, generally assaultive crimes or a crime where there's a weapon involved. Okay, um, took 25 minutes on average to get a get a. Yeah. Yep. Nine, you call 911. It took almost a half hour when yeah, a weapon not, involved. Not on all cases, but there were instances on New Year's Eve where um, the volume of calls that came in exceeded the uh, volume of cars that we had available. Hmm. A lot of shots fired calls came in that night. Unfortunately, there were. Uh, People that decided to fire weapons to celebrate the New Year's. Hmm, not enough units. What's that? See, not enough un- No units available. Right. So then right. that Wait a minute, causes right. a, uh, a backlog. So no units available. 
Oh, this is just some audio from... From New Year's Eve. Yeah. I heard it. Okay, so the prior week, before New Year's Eve, Five minutes. the average time was 13 and a half minutes. Yes. 13 and a half for a weapon call. So, I'm, I'm, see, I'm just going back to Mike Nevin. I don't know why they're busting his balls for trying to do you a favor, AC, which is we need more public safety. Can you do me a favor and tell the chief to lay off his ass? No, I can't because, so there's, there's a problem with, with the way he went about. I know, he fucked up. Right. It wasn't because he's a bad man. Nobody's saying he's a bad man. I'm but glad to hear that. You can't put homicide witness information out for the public to see. And so when, when that happens, we have to address it. Fair uh, enough. I mean, we have a hard enough time getting people to cooperate with uh, law enforcement investigations as it is. And so if a public official is going to publish somebody's uh, a witness's name and address and cell phone number, uh, that has to be dealt with. And so we, we address that if somebody in the community does it, if somebody in the police department does it, just like we did if somebody in the fire department does it. So I don't, but, but we he, don't think that he's a bad guy. Um, he made a mistake at, at best. Because look here, look. 14 minutes for a priority one. How long for a priority two, by the way? Do we have that? Uh, it's probably about 23 minutes. 23 minutes? Right. 23 right. minutes, priority two. Run. What's that? I said a priority two would be like a report run, non non crime in progress, where we know the person is gone. They well, told us. What's gone. a priority three? Priority three is a uh, like a property crime report. Well, you know, I once caught a mugger in the middle of Michigan Avenue in the middle of lunch, huh. and I'm on top of the guy, and he's threatening to kill me. And it was a priority three. Well, that shouldn't have been. That's what, every time I hear that. Shouldn't have been. And I'm here in 23 minutes. We need more stuff. You admit that, right? Your expert opinion, because you got, you're running this stuff. Do you need more, sir? Certainly, we could use more. It's hard for us to determine what that number might be. Uh, right now, we're about 140 or 150 below our budget, budgeted strength. Uh, we're still hiring. Anybody that wants to uh, join the cause... And, uh, and help us continue to turn this around. Uh, we welcome them to come to our recruiting unit and sign up. Okay, listen, I put in my, my application card in 15. I got, I got drilled because I didn't list all my arrests. Can I come back? <laughs> I'm serious. You're welcome to come back, Charlie, but uh, I'll tell you, we do an extensive background investigation. Yep, uh, clean machine. What do you think you've heard on me? Committed no crimes, pay my taxes, love my child. Never, never been arrested for a felony much less convicted of one. Then you should come apply. You got it, sir. All right. Listen, I, uh, you need anything, I'm going to advocate. I'm going to advocate strongly for this police department, for the resources it needs, not a 5% budget cut. It's very, very telling that the mayor does not want to comment on a fall in crime. This excellent job you've done. He wants nothing to do with it. Uh, you need anything, you please call me. You got a friend over here. All right. Thanks, Charlie. Thanks for being on. Thanks, Mr. Chief. Chief. Stand up, guy. Be safe in the new year. Hear a little bit more, Ed. Let me hear more, more of that.
New Year's Eve there. You mean you didn't hear it where you live, Charlie? No. I heard it all night. That's why the AC and I live in the burbs. Is that why? Because I heard it. It started a little late or than usual this year. It started about maybe 11.45, 11.50, but they shot a lot longer. I probably stopped listening at about 2 a.m. I mean, it's crazy because, you know, the dog wanted to go out, but the dog didn't want to go out by herself, so who's going out and Wait, dodge man. bullets to take the dog I out? mean, you know, it's not funny. Cause, no, it's not funny. Because, frankly, if I'm living next to an asshole doing that, I'm going to die, he's going to die, maybe the kid dies. The, You're right. But Charlie, let me tell you, we, we had a leak on the third floor. Called the people out. You know what was causing the leak? There had been a bullet lodged in the roof. No way. Yes, way. So that stuff is very real. That same bullet could have gone through a window. It could have hit us or a neighbor or anybody. But, you know... That's the reality that people in the city, I, I, I really wonder because we have some new neighbors that have moved in from the suburbs. Mm -hmm. uh, and, I, and I wondered that night, the hell are they thinking right now? So, you know. Yeah, now I didn't ask the AC, but it's common knowledge. I don't know if it was this year, but it used to be all cruisers were off the streets. Um, Once upon a time, you're right. From 1130 to 1230. And, you know, I know that sounds horrible, but consider that. You got no backup. You and your partner going over, hey, you at the AK, would you mind ceasing and desisting? Well, it's it just, insane. And, 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 and the whole thing about, I mean, I understand, you know, penetrating and reaching, you know, whether it's gangs, but you have a lot of random people that commit crimes that are not in a formal gang, and those people are left out of that ceasefire equation. That stuff looks good on paper, mm -hmm. but that's not what is going to make a difference uh, in, in crime and comfort for people who live there and have to navigate it. Well, I think we just revealed something, did we not? believe so it's more you know this administrate your numbers is shit well it, it feeds into the narrative charlie we talk about this well listen the, uh, the narrative you know what they can't believe the number the narrative is bullshit well last year we went you heard it like the demolitions the budget it's the narrative the response times well but the narrative could be bullshit because if you're telling me crime went down it's because you added in another two thousand from last year do you know priority I mean, you know, so it's like, well, yeah, of course it went down if you. So if I if, if I measure myself in you know in metrics, you know, one year and I go to pounds and ounces the next year, and it's down, does that mean I've lost that weight? Lost I mean, it's yeah. the same yeah. thing. Yeah. So That's exactly I mean, right. and I'm the asshole, right. and you're the. This is, this is public policy. This is what news reporting is supposed to be. Hey, man, you flipped over numbers on me. Yeah, you went to metric system. Metric! You know what priority... Right, didn't tell anybody. You know what priority two is? It's still a danger to life and property. Might not be the crime in progress or shots being fired, but it's the next level down. What do you mean? There's a human interest component minutes. of this too, Charlie. Let's not overlook this. You indicated that, and, and the majority of our police officers and first responders do live in the suburbs for two reasons. They don't want to be a victim of crime. They're human too. They're concerned about the safety of their family and themselves. And their school system. I mean, this is what we've heard from officers directly. You know what I saw them capture on Channel 7? Joe, Joe. Is that Joe eavesdropping that, that, that on our conversation? Quiet. <laughs> you ain't been introduced. Go ahead. That's an introduction. Happy New Year, Joe. Happy New Year, man. Happy New Year, Joe. Did you hear the gunshots on the southwest side? Uh, no, there was no shooting in southwest Detroit. We're civilized. We don't do that. So. <laughs> I can't, oh, never mind. I'm not going to say it. All right, uh, listen, uh, 
What we can do here with Joe? Want to save it for next week? Um, we're in an hour. We're at an hour. All right, uh, real quick. Joe went to go. Hey, uh, play it. Uh, Jim Fouts, Mayor Warren, at it again. He's caught on tape saying disparaging things about people. To me, just like being a fag is personal to somebody, being uh, fat is personal to somebody, being uh, a, a, a dimwit is personal to somebody, that is personal to me. It is very, it's like I've been raped. It's like I've been accosted. Now what he's talking about is somebody wants to know his real age. <laughs> so he's dropping the F-bomb and the rape bomb. Over how old you are. How old you are. Grow up. Grow a set. So we said, you know, th- this isn't the first time he said things about old people, handicapped Minorities, people. Minorities, women. Black people. Oh, I'm, you can just, y'all Google it, you know. Um, so we sent Joe. Right, Joe? Yeah. Yeah. You didn't get him at first, did you, Joe? No, that, uh, or he's in a conference call. Uh, can we have your information and call you back? But, but you kept going, didn't you, Joe? I actually went back and actually got him. That's my man, Joe. I'm getting worried. He's learning. They're trying to poach Karen. I got a feeling they're going to come get you. Bob, he's, Bob's looking for pina colada hour. Bob, Bob <laughs> the Bahama Times. That's what we <laughs> Well, I think you did a great job, Joe. You did? Okay, let's play it. Persistence is Way up. to go, Joe. Uh, we're going to do this, Joe. Yeah? Good job. We might just, after we play it, shut it down. We'll, we'll let you know. Roll it, Bob. Uh, a nice free parking structure provided by the city of Warren at their um, city hall. And we're here to uh, see if we can slide in here and have a nice little chat with uh, Mayor Fouts about... Uh, few things actually what's his middle name when was he born and uh all this language that he has for people right now he's unavailable he's on a conference call but let me take down your information so i can pass it on over to him okay how long do you think that'll take can i'm I wait not sure i'm not wait, like, sure 15 20 minutes or um I'm not sure how long it's like it's the Joe School of Methodology I here. I don't know times or who he's speaking Start with throwing this shit out, all right? Anything like, like that. Suit? I just know he's on a conference call. We'll find out. <laughs> he did have on a suit, but he went back to get his hat. Oh, okay. Joe, did you wear that that plastic hat again? Okay, so we're back at... Uh, oh, can we just get to the mayor? How long is this, Joe? attempt trying to meet Mr. Fout. Faust. Fouts. Fouts. You got to know his name, Joe. Number 36. Fouts. We can have this conversation here at your office or at your house in the middle of the night. Because I know where you live. (laughs) Joe knows where he lives. And everybody. uh, What is he doing? I didn't think you guys would include that. I guess we did. Okay. Is the mayor coming up anytime soon? Oh, good. And I was wondering if maybe he was. Uh, okay. like Barry White. Um, I can check for you. Yeah, Joe. Was, um, first name again. Joe. Joe. Okay, one moment. Your old pal Joe. We get to talk to Mayor Fouts. Where you go, dude? Mr. Fouts, how you doing? Got the name right. It's your old pal Joe DeMarco at the No BS News yeah. Hour. Bell. Uh, I'm not doing interviews, so if you, if you want something you want me to help you with, fine, but I'm not doing interviews, okay? 
Okay. Well, just, so put the camera away. Well, I'll that's be not glad. a camera. It's just a microphone. No, I'm I'm here to serve the citizens of Warren, okay. and and anybody who's here. If you have something I can help you with, I'd be glad to do it with you. But this is not um, time to give interviews or something. Okay. Okay. Uh, so if I can help you with something, I'll be glad to do okay. that. When would be a good time for me to just sit down and talk to you? And just... uh, you know what? I'm really busy. I've got all kinds of issues going on now. And I just don't have the time to sit down and chat. But if you have a concern, if you're a resident of Warren or something, I'll be glad to help you out. What is the allegation about these recordings? Oh, no. I'm, I, this is, who would I, do that to you? Just ask who would do that to you. I mean, I believe you. Uh, I, I'm going to talk to a number of your constituents. Can I tell you something? That's old news. I don't want to discuss it. I, no, it's, it's already not, been not over and over again. Nobody's talked about it, what have you. If you have some concern you have, but in terms of that, I'm not interested. That's old news. So You know, I mean, who would, who would do that to you? I mean, who knows? There's all kinds of wonderful people out there. Can't be concerned about it. Saying it wasn't but if there's him. something I can Make. help you with, I'll be glad to help you. Well, you've answered a question yeah. that I didn't answer, but I kind of have. Yeah. And that is, your citizens who vote for you consistently, mm -hmm. they really love you. Well, they stand up for you. Well, I don't know if they love me, I'm sure. Well, when no, I, I asked this other older gentleman about this recording, he was like, no, that sounds like him. But what is this, butter his ass do, time, Joe? That's not him. Well, you know. <laughs> they stand up for you in, yeah, in these well, things. Whatever the recordings are, what they are, I Something can't be bothered by that. So whatever you believe in that but, is fine. I do think that the citizens know that I'm here to serve them. I think the All right, so the mayor, okay, cool. Me so, the Joe, the, the mayor saying what? It's not him on the tapes and somebody faked recordings with his voice? That's what he had said in the past. Well, what do you say um, now? What's, what's your take on it? Now he just doesn't want to talk about it at all. It's old news, and he's not even talking about it. But he didn't say fake news. He didn't say fake news. No. He didn't say BS. He didn't say fake news. He said old news. Old news. Yeah, but it came out in while we were on vacation. It came out in late December. It's, it's, not it's news again. It's like Trump. Right. Like he didn't. He didn't say grab grab her pussy. Grab her by the pussy. Wasn't him. Yeah, well, it was. that was twenty five years ago and thirty years ago. It's kind of irrelevant now. What yeah. with Trump? No. First of all, it it was uh, at the time twelve years ago. Ten. Doesn't matter how long time, it was ago. It's not and, irrelevant. And it's fucking relevant, it's his Joe. Character. It's relevant. Yeah. Don't you see the pink pussy hats? Don't you see women on fire? Don't you know about a hashtag? It's not irrelevant. You gotta get your personal feelings out of what you're gonna cover. It's like well, it's uh, like Pancho I Ortiz. Mean, you know what I mean? Wait a minute. Are we talking about Trump or are we talking about Fouts? I don't know. What are we talking Whoever about? Whoever you're interviewing. What's ever irrelevant? Fox just didn't want to. Fox just didn't want to talk, and so I, I asked him about the rat thing, and then tried to go back to the recording thing. Okay, it still didn't work. Okay, now listen. You said what? The Trump thing's thirty years ago and irrelevant, right? Well, I just, I'm just throwing that out. I mean, it's yeah, well, throw out the right stuff. Otherwise, I can get you a job. Well, you I can get you a job at the Detroit Police Statistics Department. Oh, damn. <laughs> You'd be good at it, Joe. All right, Joe. Good job. It shows growth. Go get him this. You know. It was a great cat getting fouts. All right. Did he man. say how old he was, Joe? Joe, how old is he? Uh, I don't know. What's um, his middle name? His middle name is Richard. 
Is that what he said? So that would match the birth certificate that has him born at 42. Oh, you just raped him. Come on. He takes that personally. Well, you just said don't get personally involved. Which is it? No, that's what he said. Well, Fouts takes it personally. Bye, Joe. Good job, Joe. Right. Hey, how's the shower working? Great. Did you Wonderful. set it up yet? Did you put it up? Couldn't be better. Did yeah, you... all better. Really? Life is good. Okay, listen, dude. Here's what we want you to do. We want you to record yourself taking a bath. Nice shower. Whatever you're singing. No. Okay. Sure. All right, never mind. <laughs> Let's not. Later, Joe. Happy New Year. Image. No. <laughs> Happy New right, Year, Joe. Happy New Year. Good to see you. Talk to you later, man. See you next week, Karen, if you don't bail from the show. I'm here, Charlie. I'm All trying right. to figure out when to go to Jamaica, but other than that, I'm here. Ooh, Jamaica. <laughs> yeah, Bob, Bob will work there, too. He likes Mai Tais. We just, uh, my wife and I just put in um, a down payment on our trip to Africa in May. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's great. We're going that's on great. safari for two weeks. Are you Gunga Din? We are. <laughs> um, <you know. laughs> All right, well, y'all have a beautiful, beautiful weekend. Happy New Year. Try to love each other. Happy New Year. mi corazón.